Hello, welcome to Primary Care Priest. This is our 11th episode. I'm Father Simeon. Today, I'm going to continue to talk about those stories that Jesus told to teach about the spiritual life. And I hope that if you work in healthcare or you care about your own spiritual health or the spiritual health of others, that you will benefit. A lawyer once had a question for Jesus. What do I need to do in order to inherit eternal life? Jesus then asked the lawyer a question. What does the law say? How do you understand it? The lawyer replied, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all of your strength, and all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus responded, You're right. Do this and you'll live. But the lawyer then asked another question. Who is my neighbor? Jesus told this story. There was a man who was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. And on the way, thieves attacked him and made him give up his clothes. And they beat him and they left him half dead on the side of the road. A Jewish priest came down the road, but he moved over to the opposite side of the road when he saw the man lying there. A Levite, one of the temple workers who helped the priest, also saw the man lying there, but just went around to pass him on the other side too. But then a Samaritan was walking by, and he saw the man, and he had compassion on him. The Samaritan bandaged the man's wounds, also pouring on oil and wine to clean them, and put the poor man up on his animal and took him to an inn where he cared for him. The next day, the Samaritan gave the innkeeper money for the man's care. He even offered to reimburse the innkeeper for additional expenses in case the money he gave him wasn't enough to cover the cost. After telling the story, Jesus asked the lawyer, So which of the three men do you think was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by thieves? The lawyer answered, The one who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said, You go and do the same. You can read the original story that I'm paraphrasing in the 10th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. The lawyer who asked the question was trying to test Jesus, to see how he would answer, and he was trying to justify himself as someone who was a good person, who did what he was supposed to do and therefore was on the path to eternal life. He probably expected a definition of neighbor that was narrow enough that he could be satisfied that he was doing enough. But the definition of neighbor that Christ provided indicates that whoever needs to be loved, whoever needs help, that is a neighbor. Now, really, loving your neighbor is inseparable from loving God with your whole being. These two aspects of the spiritual life are inseparably bound. To love your neighbor in the fullest sense, you have to orient your heart toward God. Actually, through the experience of God, God works within us so that we love with a love that is beyond our human ability to love. 
God is love. I didn't say just that God is loving. God is love. And you can love with God's love. Not just model God's love in some moral sense, as, as a good moral example, but really you can be transformed by God's love and enjoy the beauty and power of God loving others through you. By the way, one of the symptoms of the spiritual darkness and chaos present in our society is that human beings try to redefine love according to their own ideologies, based on their own opinions and feelings and passions and political visions and misunderstandings, independent of the one who is love, who is the source of love, and who designed us to love, and who loves us, and who is here to teach us and heal us and transform us by his love. And this definition also is independent of the very church that he planted on earth and the way that he has given us, the path he has given us toward real, authentic love. So without God, who is love, and who has created us for relationships of love, we think that we can decide what love is and what hate is. But we often don't get those things quite right. If you work in healthcare, you can try to be good to people with your own energy, by your own strength. And you may get burnt out you may find yourself fed up with the very patients who you are trying to take care of, but who don't appreciate it, and to complain to you, and complain about you, or whose family members won't leave you alone and expect this unreasonable platinum-level concierge service you just can't perform while taking care of other patients. You may be tired of people who refuse to listen and who make demands like they're customers in a hotel spa instead of patients requiring guidance and help for their own health. But you don't have to do this work alone. Your work can actually be an expression of your spiritual life and a spiritual life with with inner strength and power. And it can be an opportunity for growth and maturity You know, living like a grown-up, a responsible adult, should be our usual way of living life. And that's true of the spiritual life. We show responsibility in other areas and competency in other areas. The soul is at the center of who we are. We don't want to live a hollow life. We need to be mature in our spiritual lives, in our hearts. Loving God with your whole self means following the way that He has delivered for us to walk daily. And I mean living the whole thing. And walking this path, this way of Christ, it's a daily process. We fail. We fail to love. We fail to be thankful. 
and we have to repent. We have to turn away from what has caused us to fall. We have to do what we failed to do, and we have to not do what we did that we shouldn't have done, and we have to change. That's what repentance is. It's, it's change so that we can love God better. When we fall down, we get back up, and we try to love Him and ask for help. And when we realize that we're loving ourselves or our money or our job more than God, whatever idol we set up, then we need to repent. We need to reorient our lives toward God. We try to love our neighbor, and when we fail because we do, we turn around, we repent, we learn from our mistakes, we renounce our selfishness. We renounce our own irritability and we try again to love better. If we do this with sincere faith and prayer and continual repentance, with authentic humility and obedience, we will be taught to love by God Himself, by His grace, His presence, His energy. And he will help us. Now, this is not easy. If you try to love your neighbor, you're still probably going to be physically exhausted because you're human. Your work will make you tired. You are going to be tested by difficult people. And maybe tested by your supervisors and your colleagues and and your patients. But instead of all the difficulty crushing you and driving you to despair and making you angry at people and bitter and influencing you to gossip about patients and maybe other colleagues, with other colleagues, this can be a path of therapy that doesn't crush you, but that makes you stronger and better, that heals you, that makes you more patient and more loving and more compassionate and more understanding because you are learning and you're being refined. God is working in you through these difficult experiences. See, the Christian way of life, especially the ancient original, orthodox, Christian way of life. It doesn't promise to take you around difficult experiences. Like we're warned. If we're Christians, the world will be hostile to us. We're going to have difficult experiences. Some of them we cause ourselves. Some are external to us and they're imposed upon us. But what the Christian way of life does, if we walk it, is it helps us to heal and to shine through the experiences. It it softens those, those rough edges. Now, if we don't bring our work into the spiritual life, we are just going through difficulty that wears us down. But 
we can bring God into the center of our lives and His way into the center of our lives. And all of this can be training that leads us toward realizing our full potential. You may have trying, difficult days, days when you are just not happy. But you can have an indescribable joy in the midst of all that difficulty. God loves you, and it's your choice whether you are going to love Him back. And if you do, extend love to all the other people He loves too, indiscriminately. Earlier in this text, in the Gospel according to St. Luke, Christ talks about loving your enemies too. Now, that's really loving without discrimination, right? Jesus asks, if you only love those who love you, what's special about that? How is that supposed to be to your credit? How does that show you're a good person? Even people who are evil, who do evil, I mean, they, they love others who love them. You know, in our society... People like to accuse others of hate, to dehumanize them, to dehumanize and to, and to push away those who don't accept whatever ideology they are pushing and to justify their own hate. Sometimes saying that people hate means that they're really hateful, that they're really mean. But other times it just means that they're telling the truth that nobody wants to hear. And maybe even telling the truth as an expression of love. Remember this. Love and truth always go together. Loving someone doesn't mean that you enable their harmful behaviors and accept their delusions. You have to be gentle and patient and compassionate. But if you love someone, you care about the truth. Rather than accepting that whatever they claim to be true, what's individually their truth, that, that is a real thing. When you know that it's not true. I mean, quote-unquote, their truth, or my truth, as an individual ideology, is just delusion, fantasy, if it doesn't really correspond to reality. Truth and love are not ideas, and they're not ideas that can just be redefined whenever somebody wants to redefine them to mean whatever they want to mean, to justify their own behavior and their own decisions. God is truth. God is love. And attempting to define truth and love apart from God, it just leads to lies, to spiritual sickness, to chaos. That's a place of darkness and depression, and despair. The good news is that in that low place, God's there waiting for you if you find yourself there. If you want to get out, that's your choice. Do you want to live in darkness and delusion or allow the light to shine and change everything on you and in you? Another layer of the meaning of this story of the Good Samaritan is, is not about how we treat others, how we love others, but it's about God loving us 
and how God loves us. We are beaten up. We are thrown down. We are lying on the side of the road, wounded and in pain. We have been bruised and cut by sin, death, the influence of the demonic powers. Who's going to help us? Who's going to love us? The Samaritan, that's Jesus Christ himself. He came into the world to find us and to clean our wounds with the medicines that he's given his church. He bandages us up. And we, when we don't have strength left on our own, he carries us to the end, which is the church, which he has given and will give everything needed to care for us. Some people will lay on the side of the road and insist that they can take care of themselves or pretend they don't see or hear somebody standing right there trying to help them. But Christ came for us to help us. Are you willing for Christ to care for you and to be cared for by His church? The Orthodox Church, the church that Christ founded on the earth, is the spiritual hospital for humanity. If you are a patient in this church, while you work in the healthcare profession, you will be in the process of being healed by God's power while serving on Christ's behalf to love and care for others with the help of His divine power. And you know, God doesn't just heal you for your salvation. And the word salvation can be translated as healing. But He also heals you to give you the strength to go out into the world and help others as God has helped you so that you can show others the love that God has showed you because God loves them all. Thank you for joining us. If you find Primary Care Priest helpful, please share this podcast with others. I'm Father Simeon. May God bless your journey.